a Lifetime original podcast. What are you having? Tequila ginger beer and lime. Ooh, I'm having a margarita. Oh, nice, 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 nice. I love a Lifetime movie. I'm not trying to run into my ex at the fruit stand. And he's yeah, right there. Yeah, my kids. Thank you. <laughs> this is when I texted you. I would not, I would not have survived this era. I'm always saying if America was a character in a movie, this would be the moment when America coughs into a rag and then pulls it away and sees blood. Oh no, I think I'm a bad person. <laughs> you listen to me, you worthless rummy. You don't have a say in this. And I want you out of here! This is my house now! So you go back to your swamp shack and be wretched all by yourself! Child, Ruby is not a joke. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Perrigan. And I'm your other host, Megan Gailey. Megan, are you excited for our movie today? Ooh, a, a, a roller coaster. When you <laughs> thought the hits were done, they just kept coming. Y'all, we are talking about the movie Ruby. It is a drama set in 1960s Louisiana based on the V.C. Andrews book of the same name and is the first of a series of books and now a series of Lifetime movies. Ruby is about a young Creole woman who discovers that everything she thought she knew about her family is a total lie. So she moves from the bayou to the city, New Orleans, to get answers and find the family she never knew. Now, now... I watched this movie last weekend when it came out on Lifetime, and it was wild. And if you have not watched it, you're missing out. So you need to get on it. You can catch it on Amazon, iTunes, wherever you stream, okay? Because it is worth every second. Cosign. Thank you for your support of Ruby. <laughs> I I love, it was for me, I like movies that make me scream. Like when I become yeah. like a black stereotype in a movie theater, but like in my house. Because I was watching it and I was like, what? Girl, I'm not. Yeah, well, I mean, this movie also really took a page from Bridgerton's book. I don't wow. maybe this was before, but wow. it was like, oh, we have we have people of all races, colors and creeds interacting mm -hmm. in 1960s Louisiana <laughs> in a way that I don't think they did, but I was very happy to see represented in an almost fictitious plot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am not afraid to tell you, Megan that I was obsessed with V.C. Andrews as a child. I was. What? I was. I read Flowers in the Attic way too young to be reading Flowers in the Attic. Okay, no one stopped me. My mother was just like, she's reading. Bless. Oh, wait. And I, see, I almost feel like maybe I was assigned to read it and didn't. Like, it, it definitely rattles around in my brain, but I have not read and I was not familiar with V.C. <laughs> well, to me, V.C. Andrews is an icon, a legend. And it's funny because I do know a lot of people who read particularly the Flowers in the Attic series when they were younger. And I'm like, that really was a little too tawdry for children. And yet we did. Mm -hmm. I wrote a book report on Flowers in the Attic <gasps> and my teacher was literally like, come see me. <laughs> and I was like, what? I read like a whole book with hundreds of pages. Aren't you impressed? I just love that you weren't assigned this and you said, I'm going to take it upon myself to uh, 
Oh, to yeah. follow this. And what's so what's so tawdry about it? Well, you know in Flowers in the Attic, a brother and a sister, when locked no, in No, okay, a, I don't, I, 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 okay. Having seen Ruby, I know what you're going to say. Well, and yes. I'll just cut you off there because I am so excited to get into <laughs> Ruby. So let's just go there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, Megan, Megan, Megan. Megan, Megan, Megan. You knew this movie was going to be cray because it started off with a baby being born and a woman expelling a demon. One of my favorite quotes of the entire movie came in the first scene when she said, <laughs> Be gone, demon. I love that. <laughs> be gone, demon. Be gone, demon, is what I'm going to say to anyone I don't like when we go back in, out into the real world. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say that now to keep you six feet away from me. Be gone, demon. That's I it. Was so, I was so excited to see Naomi Judd. Yes. Who plays Grand Mare. Grand Mare. Had you ever heard someone called their papa, mama, Grand Mare? <laughs> I have not. I have not. Um, but then again, I'm not from the bayou, so maybe... You know? Right. Come here. Over here. Water. It felt so formal and fancy for mm -hmm. this girl who they're trying to portray as, like, dirt poor. Um, and I'm like, Grand Mayor? That is <laughs> elevated. Like, I called mine Nana Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> Nana Bobo. I love it. That's gorgeous. I mean, it's so true. You guys, our lead, Ruby Landry, she is a young teenage girl, honey, living in the bayou. She wants to be an artist. She's like painting. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is, you know, it starts out, she likes this boy, Paul Tate, and he's from a fancy family. And Ruby mm -hmm. Landry can't be with a fancy boy. And she lives with Grandmare Judd. Grandmare Judd. <laughs> and like, you know, and grandma's very like, Stay away from that, Paul Tate. So, you know, immediately we're like, Ruby cannot catch a break. She's down on her luck. I cannot have you running around with Paul Tate. I'm not running around with him. I'm going to the dance with him. He's a Tate. You're a Landry. Nothing good can come of this. Well, and then you think this is going to be about Paul and Ruby's love story. And if you think that, you are wrong. You are um, wrong. We, so we then see and continue to establish what a beautiful relationship Ruby and Grandmare have. Yes. They do lots of fun things together. They live together. The mother is gone. Um, we course. learn later that she has passed, of course. Gabrielle <laughs> Landry gone. Gone. We don't Gab Gabby's gone. It's just Grandmare and Ruby. They are selling things at a roadside craft stand. Yes. And this gave me real Earl had to die vibes. What's Earl had to die? From the chicks. Okay, so what? this is what happens with the chicks. One of them has a bad husband, Jane Krakowski. Jane, or no, which, <laughs> one of them. Now, Jane Krakowski is not in the chicks, I know that. Um, and by the chicks, I mean the formerly known as Dixie Chicks, but have been changed. And they did not steal anyone's name a la Lady A. Okay, okay are so you about to recap another movie on our movie no, recap podcast? I'm about to <laughs> recap 
I'm about to recap a music video that was a feature length film. Okay. Um, basically, they kill a man. They okay. kill a man because he's terrible and they get okay. away with it. And then at the very end of the music video, they sell jam at the roadside oh. stand. <laughs> so that's the only tie in. <laughs> well, I just love a roadside, a southern roadside place where you can get like fresh fruit and original yeah. artwork. It's like oh, all yeah. in one spot. You know, it's like everything. And literally, it's amazing because this is the first time we see, and it seems like the first time Ruby experiences, she puts her art out on the stand, a man sidles right up and says, I'm buying them all for my gallery in New Orleans. A very handsome black man who owns a gallery in New Orleans. And that's just, that that was when I was like, yeah. now I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I, I love it. I want that to happen. We want it to be real, um, but yes, 1962 yes. New and, Orleans. And it also made me be like, wow, this podcast loves women selling out art. That's very, okay? very true. That's we've very- done four episodes and we've had two women sell out art shows from one black man buying it. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love this idea of like, can we maybe make it a theme of black men benefactors? Yeah. Who just continue to purchase large, like the entire oeuvre of a single person who has no established reputation. Right, exactly. Which makes it better somehow. Um, So Dominic Legrand buys all of her paintings. They're going to be featured in his New Orleans French Quarter Gallery. The thick of it. In the thick of it. Where all the tourists go. Yeah, at this point, I'm like, Ruby is killing it. Ruby is having so much fun. Her and Paul go out to celebrate. They are about to go into the bar. Now, I don't know how old she is. I don't know what the rules were back then. But Well, that's what I know. I know. I know. I thought so too. I was like, I was like are y'all going out to the club at your age? Yeah, maybe they were going to have a mocktail. I don't know. But before they're ever even able to get into the club, um, <laughs> they see... <laughs> Ruby's grandpa Jack being thrown out for being a no-paying drunk. You damn rummy! Don't come back! What the heck do you think you're doing? I paid my bill. Hey, hey, come on, come on, leave me be! Take this boy home. What do you want? He's asking. Come here, Jack. It was very sad. Also, what is his name? Grandpere. Grandpere Jack. Grandpere. And that's now. Now that's really too elevated for his drunk ass. Yes, That's way too can... elevated, honey. He is He's barely a grandpa, let alone. He's a stained wife beater. That is not French. We don't I mean, say wife beater anymore. We say oh. tank. Oh, he's in Even though I will say that grandpere was most likely an actual wife beater. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and that's, yes. yeah, that's grandpa's energy very much. When we first meet him, and, and I and I wrote this in our little notes we keep, I said, oh, no, I feel really bad for him, and I would invite him to live with me. You would. Yes. You would do that? Yes. I, I would never. Never in a million oh, years. I'm a classic enabler. And I would have <laughs> said, Grandpere Jack, I'm going to make you up a cot and you're going to sleep right in my bedroom with me. Yeah. And you would have come regretting that when we see what Grandpere yes. Jack oh, does. Okay. Oh, that's what the roller coaster was for me. Okay. <laughs> so that is not what Ruby does. She takes Grandpere back to his apartment. Shack. I his guess. Shack. shack. It's a shack. It's his um, efficiency studio and <laughs> and puts him to bed. And then, oh, of all the times that you could confess your love to someone, this is the moment Paul chooses. Listen to this. Ruby, I love you. Are you serious? Is that really your response? Okay. I know. Okay. I, I don't 
like him, I don't think. Tell me what turns you off immediately. Okay, so when he's like, I love you, and she's like, I don't know what to say, and he's like, that's your answer? It's like, give her a beat. Like, <laughs> I don't like this thing when when men go, or I guess women too, um, go from like, I love you, to like, you've disappointed me. It's like, how, <laughs> how do you switch so fast? And I don't think it's appropriate for them to be hooking up in Grand Pierre's efficiency studio while he's passed out in the other room. <laughs> oh, in the same room. He's literally just <laughs> passed out next to them, and he can, like rouses gently. I mean, the thing is to me that was so wild is that like he is feeling this intensity, Paul, that like not only is it not the time, but it's also like you have to let people meet you where they are. Mm -hmm. You love her. That is gorgeous. But that doesn't mean she has to say the thing to you. Yeah, she's a teen. She's a teen. He's a teen, too. But I know, but... You're right. You're right. He's a teen, too. But sometimes teens are not on the same page. I know. I know. It's like a little, I don't know. But here's the thing, though. So he's all like, I love you. And they kissing. And you think they would they would probably have sex if not for drunk grandpa. Right. But then he just drops her off at home. Paul drops mm-hmm. Ruby at home. And grandma's watching in the window, honey. Then grandma, when Ruby comes in the house, grandma drops a bomb. Would you listen? You have got to stop seeing this boy. Now, you are not your mother's firstborn. Paul was. Okay. Okay. That that seems like info after the first date. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. She like waited to see if they would really be in love. Like, because would would it have been any better if her brother had dumped her after one date? Yeah, because I don't think it's that thing. You know, sometimes you play like reverse psychology, especially I think if you're raising children or like teens, you can't say like, don't do this because then they'll want to do it. But that doesn't like if if you said to Ruby, like, that's your brother, she's not going to go, well, now I want it more. You know, she goes, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm good then, I think. (laughs) I know. It was like, this is, and also like, I just love, first of all, Grandmare gives us a telltale cough. She gives us a one single cough. Okay. Oh, and that lets you know. really triggering now. A you cough know. is You know. Uh, I don't I don't think I'll ever hear a cough the same after 2020. Well, I mean America's been doing one giant cough into a rag, honey. <laughs> I'm always saying if America was a character in a movie, this would be the moment when America coughs into a rag and then pulls it away oh, and sees yeah. blood. Okay. Yeah. It's like America girl got the consumption. That's a fact. But Grand Mare really shows us that in action. And so, Ruby, thank God, you know, because you know how V.C. Andrews do. At first, you're like, what is Ruby going to do? But she goes to Paul and she's like, I need to focus on being an artist. We're from two different worlds. First of all, why not say we're from the same world? We share thank DNA. You. Thank you. Why yes, not that's tell like- that's a way easier. It's not you, it's me, and it is also you because we are the same. <laughs> it's not like, you, it's us. Yes. We need to break up. That's the easiest. Like we're always looking for ways to break up with people. I've broken up with people because I like missed my parents. You know, we're just <laughs> making things up. We're just making things up. And she has a concrete reason and she doesn't I use know. it. I, I know. mean, it's the ace in the hole. <laughs> And then he accuses her of being a hoe. Okay, now I get it. More experiences. In other words, more boyfriends, right? Paul, I'm not saying that. No, no, look, everything's clear now. You're Landry. 
That's what I would expect from you. You know what? It shows you how timeless it is. The male ego is timeless. He could not accept that she just wasn't into the relationship. He had to be like, oh, well, I know you want to sleep with other people because you're a Landry. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know yeah. what? That's why you were never worth the time, Paul. That's Now that to you me. showed me who you were. You showed me who you were. That's what I'm saying. Because you know mm-hmm. what? My mother told me. She told me when I was very young, probably too young to even be told this, but she was like, to really know a person, you have to see how they behave when they don't get their way. Oh, no. Because anyone's pleasant when things are going their way. But when it's not going their way, that's how you know what they're made of. Oh, no. I think I'm a bad person. <laughs> I hate not getting my way. <laughs> like, oh, no. Naomi, I hope your mom didn't tell anyone else I know this. <laughs> I will tell her to delete CJ's number. I don't okay. want him catching wind of this. I don't want him catching wind. All right, back to Ruby and Grandmare. Oh, you know, she doesn't have this boyfriend, but she does have a lot of money. Selling that art. Paintings, and that is very, very exciting. But at this point, we now see Grandmare is in bed. Yes. Sick. And if someone is in bed and they're old, and it's actually any year, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Grandma starts just pouring her soul out. She's on her deathbed and she has to get out this secret. Listen to me, Ruby. Now that you know about your mother and the Tates, I think that you should know all of it. I mean, no, it just feels like, it was like, grandmother to me was like, well, who gives a shit? Like she literally just says everything. Remember, Ruby is coming here excited. She's making it rain from her art. And Grandmare was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me wipe that smile off your face. You'll find a photo in the Book of Revelation. That's me. That's me when I was a little girl. Who is this man? Ruby, he's your father. That's not you in the picture. That's your twin sister. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Megan. Don't you think you need more time to come down from your boyfriend was your brother? Or do you think it should have all been told in one single bundle? I think it could have all been told in one single bundle. Because she goes on to tell her this, like, what, 36 hours later? You know, like, it's so, it's so wham bam. It's like, just tell her. Also, I'm so impressed with this deceased mother of Ruby's. She <laughs> must have been something because every freaking man in the film so far has been obsessed with her. I know. It's like not only you were not your mother's firstborn, you were also not even the only secondborn of <laughs> yeah. the ch- of the second children. And it's like, and I'm. it's also very dramatic of grandma to keep the picture in the book of Revelations. Like in the section of oh, Revelations, yeah. like, grandma, you wanted the drama. To me, she wanted the yeah. drama. She wanted it to be very insane. Also, I mean, okay, this is when I'm kicking the grandpa out of the house if I've let him live with me. You can't sell your grandchildren. That's well, th- well, and that's why that's that was his like that's why he's gone, which is like fair enough. But I feel like if I was grand mayor, I would have moved to a whole other county. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to run into my ex at the fruit stand, and he's yeah, right who there. Sold my kids. Thank you. <laughs> sold my grandkids. I mean, look, I will say, I understand a little bit of Ruby because I did Megan. Do I even want to put this out on a Lifetime podcast? I don't know, but I'll say it. I thought my father was deceased when I was about 10 years old. And then I got a phone call from a man. 
And he was like, do you know who this is? And I said, no. And he says, Naomi, it's your father. <gasps> so I know. I know what it is to be turned topsy-turvy like Ruby. Yes, Megan. Yes, Megan. ten? So, yes. I was like home alone for maybe like an hour. Not even a long time. Don't worry. I was raised right. My mother was not like just leaving me to the wolves. But... And it, but it was like a nighttime, you know, and I was in the house. I was like in the apartment and then I pick up the phone and then, you know, this man just like answer, you know, he says it. So, you know, and I was like, huh? And then I hung up the phone terrified <gasps> and like literally it was like a killer is coming. Like even at 10, I said, this is a true crime waiting to happen. I didn't yeah. believe it because as far as I knew, I had not seen my father in about five years. So as far as I knew, I was like, oh, he's, he just no longer. He's gone. Us. Yeah. And then I got that. Gone. So I was like, so the fact that like. You know, Ruby to me is a little more gung ho than I would have been in that situation. Like when I found out I had a father, I was like, mm, "Are we sure? What's going on?" There's so, like if I don't see you for five years or more. In Ruby's case, what what was it? Fifteen, ten? It's like never knew he existed. I'm like, I don't even know if we should be hanging out now. I feel like the whole thing. She was she to me. She's a better woman than I because she was willing to engage, and I was well, like, what? Also, her father's name is Pierre Dumas, and we get the vibe that he's rich. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if your dad had called him and like, hey, Naomi, sorry, I've been gone. I just won the lottery. You'd be like, all right, let's meet up for lunch. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. If I gotten a call like from his assistant asking to mm-hmm. set, I'd be right, like, OK, exactly. maybe I'll see him. He's <laughs> But like, oh, wow. I mean, but at least, you know, I didn't have like a grand mayor just like tell me all of this and then die. And in then the space leave of 10 you seconds. that's all she has left in the world. So the next the next scene, we are at grandmayor's funeral, which is in their humble abode. In their and house. there's and there's neighbors there. The casket is just in the kitchen yeah. um, and people are paying their respects. And a very, very drunk grandpere, Jack comes to the funeral and fully breaks down, is apologetic, is Mm -hmm. remorseful, is going to sober up. And that's when I said, okay, I'm inviting him back in to live with me. Well, that's your enabler talking. I know. Because I'm with, because I felt like Ruby was also very much like, uh, he was like, do you believe me that I'll get sober? And Ruby's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Like, basically, (laughs) and I was like, I'm with you, Ruby. It's like, okay, you want to play this game right now because you said Okay, well, you were both right because he immediately gets drunk. Like, it's not even the next scene. He's just drunk again. And, oh, boy. And then Paul comes by that night to Ruby's bedroom to apologize slash win her back. And I was so glad she didn't sit on it. Ruby told Paul the real. But his response might surprise you. Even if that is true, I don't care. I love you. And I will never want anyone else. What? <sighs> okay. No. That, that's like, that's against what I just said would happen. <laughs> I like, know. <laughs> He's like too on board. And see, this is like a VC Andrews. Because you know VC Andrews, honey. Flowers in the attic. She loves some incest. And it feels I didn't even like, know she was a woman. <laughs> she didn't know anything about VC. She is a woman. She wrote like the, I feel like she wrote the first Flowers in the Attic books. But then she passed away. And then a ghostwriter came and took over. And the ghostwriter, I guess, decided to keep up the incest theme. No, so, we didn't need that. No one needed it. We, no we could have pivoted, for sure. But it's like, but then they start, and it, but it's a crazy, like, he's on board, and then Ruby's kind of like, well, if you don't mind, I don't mind. So then they start kissing, and then Grant, drunk grandpa comes in, calls her a loose woman. 
like he has any room I, to criticize anyone's life you. choices. Thank you. Oh. But then but it, he's like, pissed. But it only gets worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, like literally Ruby's like trying, like the next day Ruby's like sweeping the floor. She's like, okay, I live here. I'm going to like keep this up. She's like, I'm going to start a craft stand. I'll go to school. Yeah. It'll, it'll be business as usual while I grieve the loss of the one person who's ever loved me. And then Graham Pear comes in and is like, you need to marry Buster Treha, the local man who's rich. Point of fact, I told Buster to come on over tonight. Maybe we could talk about the two of you getting married. Okay. <laughs> Ruby's like, you are not selling me off. You know, like we're not going to marry. Like he's like, you can't make me marry someone. And then Ruby kind of stands up to him and grandparent yeah. leaves. And I was like, oh, thank God, thank God. His ass comes back in 10 seconds with chains. No. He comes back with chains. No. Chains Ruby to her bed. And is like, Buster's coming over and we're going to work out a deal. Okay, he, Grandpierre's out of the house now. I, I, I regret <laughs> letting him in. And now he, uh, you are evicted for life. You are, Grandpierre, beat, hit the road, Jack. And that's his name. Um, this is so messed up. This is when I texted it's you. I would not, I would not have survived this era. This no. is, this is crazy. Also, I kept being like, are we in the 20s? Are we in the 70s? Like, I didn't know. Well, I guess but I think that's the point of the bayou, honey. The bayou yeah, is, it is. is stuck in time. And I it think is. that that's what they were trying to hint at. This idea of like, honey, we don't know. It's like, because that's the thing. It's like, it could be the 20s. It could be the 50s. No, they nailed it. They nailed it. Because I was really, confused. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's from another time where you could just promise women to men named Buster. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how you m make a bunch of money named Buster. But um, unless you own Dave and Buster's. Is, is this the man that invented <laughs> this, this, it? Then I say, the Ruby. Marry him and get your coins. Um, so she is chained to the bed. Buster comes by and they are negotiating it right outside her bedroom. She can hear, she can hear everything that's oh, going on. God, and it's disgusting. I'm not playing that clip for you because it's very upsetting, okay? No, it's You can't it's hear really that clip because it's very gross. They talk about her like he's a prize. She's a prize pig. Buster is like, I want to test the merchandise. So you know Ruby's like, oh. Hell no. And she figures out how to free herself. And I will tell you, but when Buster comes in that room and she like hits him with the chain, I've never been happier to see violence. Wow. I've never yeah. condoned violence. Yeah. So she, much. I mean, what what she did, she was on a bed that she was able to kick off the end yes. and then like get the chains off of the bed frame. Yes. It was very inventive. Sure and did. She whacks Buster. Mm -hmm. Then then Jack, thinking that he's just, Grandpierre, thinking he's hearing, like, sex noises. Right. Is like, hey, what's going on in there? He walks in, and Ruby lets Grandpierre have it. She, she choked him chokes out. Him with she choked him She choked him out with a chain. I said, yes, <laughs> do what you gotta do, girl. Wow. Wow. And it. then she just, she unlocks herself. She goes out. They have the money for her quote unquote dowry, if that can even be <laughs> no, what it is. No, you cannot call it a dowry. No, I know. So <laughs> the money for her to be Buster's wife is there on the table. She leaves it, but does take her New Orleans art money. Which, which you know. I, that's when I was like, Ruby, girl, get it all. Take it all. I felt like I, was I, like, know. I was like, Ruby, honey, like literally they should come to 
broke. Those men deserve to come to with a without a dollar to their name. I was like, grab that grand, girl. Yeah, yeah. But, I I think you're right. I think you're right. But then maybe she'd have the police on her tail. I don't know. No, they would be too. It's like, well, we were trying to sell her and she left. Come on. So we then see Ruby in a bus station and yes. she is talking to a delightful woman named Annie. And I think you and I would make amazing Annies. Just woman in a bus station. Honey, I'm going to give you something to help take the butterflies away. This here is the neck bone of a black cat killed at midnight. Good gree gree. You know voodoo? Some. Well, this one's worked on me. My aunt got me a new job in New Orleans. And now I can finally save up enough for nursing school. <laughs> Woman in the bus station who listens to your story and then gives you like a voodoo good luck charm. Yeah. See, I think I could see you doing that. You know, you would be very like, I, except you you would be Annie in the bus station. You'd be like, come stay with me. Like, yeah. you, it wouldn't even be like, I'll leave you at the bus station. You'd be like, you know what? When we land. Ruby, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on, I'll get, you, I'll get you a ride. We got to get you some jambalaya <laughs> and you just have a nice night with me. We later, we I, I thought this was going to be all we saw of Annie and oh, boy, am I wait. glad it's not. Okay, <laughs> so Ruby is now in New Orleans. She knows the house where Pierre Dumont's. <laughs> you want me to keep, should yeah, I just should. now fade into a French accent? You should absolutely be giving okay. me Creole Because we're in New Orleans. New Orleans. Um, so we, go, we go to Pierre Dumont's house. <laughs> <laughs> it is a giant, beautiful, like, you know, gated mansion, you know. Yeah. Antebellum also, or whatever they call them, loved it. You have to remember, y'all, this is a pre-internet time and she managed to find this location, okay? Yeah. She got this man's information. She was able to get to her his door. No I Google Maps. I did wonder that. I did wonder that. I, al I always wonder that. Well, she's I resourceful. wonder how we got anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. She gets there and a guy named Bo drives up in his car dressed like, as far as I can tell, an Oompa Loompa, but I guess it's a holiday party, but he's giving me a Wonka Oompa Loompa energy. Well, yeah, and Ruby literally has just come from the damn swamp, so she probably thinks this is how teen boys dress. <laughs> and Bo is immediately like, Giselle, hi. Hey, Giselle, I'm, I'm impressed. Keep up the attitude, and you're sure to win first place at the ball. <sighs> Could you leave me alone, please? Come on, let's go inside. Let's go with me. And you kind of see it clicking with Ruby of like, right. oh, he thinks I'm my twin sister who does live here. Right. Wow. And so Bo is like, okay, well, let's get inside. So he, he, you know, he buzzes, he gets them inside the house and he is basically very gung-ho to introduce his date Giselle to this newfound twin sister, Ruby. And listen to how Giselle takes it, honey. I don't accept this. This is just a mean prank you're pulling, Bo, and I'll never forget. Giselle, it's crazy. I know. I was shocked to learn I had a sister, too. We were separated at birth. You shut your mouth. Giselle ain't having it. No. Giselle ain't having it. That girl looked just like her. These, this, Ruby and Giselle are played by real-life twins, y'all. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> so they look identical. <laughs> They're identical. And Giselle's like, what is this? 
this is like this is what would have happened in the parent trap if one of them was not rich. You know, like in the parent trap, they're both rich. She's like, oh, my mom makes um, designer <laughs> wedding dresses in London, and she's like, oh, my dad owns a vineyard. It's like what? <laughs> and in this one, she's like, oh, my dad's rich, and she's like, oh, hi, I'm from a swamp, and my grandpa tried to sell me to a man named Buster, <laughs> and she's like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's wild to me again, like Bo. And maybe it's just young men of that time. Just the way Paul was like, sure, you're my sister. Bo is like, don't worry about Giselle. Let's let's introduce you to your dad. Like, Bo is really rolling with the punches, especially considering yeah. he's not in this actual family. I'm like, I you really, don't know them. I really like Bo. I think he's handsome and fun. And I think he is rolling with the punches because he knows Giselle is like a straight up Bia. You know, uh-huh, like uh-huh. she's a rich bitch yeah. and men can be attracted to women that are bitches. My husband loves me, but I think <laughs> if he saw me being mean to someone, he'd be like, oh, come on, come around. Like, Let's go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so this is when we get to meet Pierre Dumont. Pierre Dumont. <laughs> and, and now we, we meet Pierre and he also has a wife, Daphne, who is blonde and, and thin. And so, you know, that's going to be a trial. She is she is stunning and not excited because Pierre Dumont, he's excited. He opens his arms. He opens his doors. He's like, my daughter, I didn't know. And meanwhile, Daphne is like, she literally extends her hand like, like she's giving her just the fingertip. Yeah. And then she wipes her hand afterwards. She wipes it down. And, and when I saw that, I go, oh, you know what? I would also like to play Daphne. I see you. See, I see you as evil stepmother. Thank That's you. That's the energy. I see you that, very like, nothing like seems more fun than that. Smiling, and then as soon as like dad leaves, you turn and you're mm-hmm. like, clean this room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I like that yeah. kind of back and forth. Mm-hmm. But you know, so it's it's nice. I was like, I didn't expect that. I did not expect dad to be on board. You know, and before that, they meet the cook Nina, and the cook Nina is a black woman, and she kind of tells Ruby. Don't worry about Giselle. Basically, she's a bitch. <laughs> and mm-hmm. So you have like Nina's kind of supporting Ruby. Dad's on board with Ruby. You're like, okay, okay. Yeah. She might make it. She might make it. Now, you and I were both very excited to see the father, not just because he's nice and cool, but because he is played by an actor named Gil Bellows. We love. Who was in Ally McBeal, The Shawshank Redemption. I mean, a famous character actor that Naomi and I both watched in Ally McBeal and had crushes Crushes on. on. Come on. He was 90s hot. Oh, Like that, like, hot, but like... For some reason, he was hot, but also like accessible, approachable. Like you could yeah, yeah, yeah. get him, you know, if you were an adult. Obviously, we were and, children. Um, he's Canadian, and sometimes I think that's like a Canadian actor thing. Yeah, you being know, approachable. Like, like, yeah, they seem nice, um, but also are like handsome and cute. Very so, Trudeau. Very Trudeau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, just on a personal level, we love Pierre. We are excited to see him. Yes, I was like, okay, okay. I was like, he's still looking good too. I felt like he's still looking good. You know, from his Ally McBeal days, I was like, just just a touch of crow's feet. I was like, okay, distinguished. Okay, no, distinguished he looks great. gentleman. He looks great. So we were into it. 
they get back to the gorgeous house and you're feeling good vibes and all yeah. these like, okay, maybe it's going to work out. And then that is when Daphne has Ruby come into her office. Why does Daphne need an office? I know. I was like, is it Daphne's office or is she just playing yeah. office? Is Daphne a graphic designer? Um, So she takes Ruby into her office and gives her a little talking to about what's going to be the story that they tell people of why Ruby showed up all of a sudden. So the truth is you were kidnapped. I'll tell people that you were stolen by Cajuns who sold you to the people that you've come to know as your family in the bayou. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> well, Daphne is about that image, honey. Daphne Dumas, she married into yeah. the name, honey. She she married into alliteration. She's here for the look, the sound, the feel of it all. So she yeah. is going to really say like, okay, if you're going to be here, we're going to have to just really create an illusion around all of it. It, but it's just so hard to have to, like, lie and say terrible things about your grandmother who raised you. You know, like, yeah. I fully understand why Ruby's like, uh, I don't really want to do that. I guess I thought it was kind of nice that Daphne was like, just don't tell anybody that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, don't say anything. Just don't say yeah. anything. Which yeah. I'm like, fair. I mean, you know. uh, that, that That was kind of fair, but not. Um... Now, were you able to tell, it, it almost seemed like Pierre met Ruby's mother before Daphne ever came in the picture. No, no, no. It is that Pierre has a dalliance with Ruby's mom when he is away from Daphne and then pretty much brings back the love child and says, here, here, barren wife, you can raise this. Oh, Daphne's barren? Well, she couldn't have a baby, which is why Pierre came and got one of the twins. Okay, wow. All right, I guess I'm like, you do have some empathy for Daphne's (laughs) situation then. You know, it it would be hard to raise your husband's mistress child. Exactly. And And now there's a second one. You know? And maybe that's why Giselle's such a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure Daphne was not the warmest. So it's like, okay, no. Giselle, you do what you have to do. And no, I think if it was even her own child, I don't think she'd be the warmest. Well, you know, I just don't know if that's how Daphne's wired. Sorry. <laughs> but then, you know, after she gets all that info, you know, Ruby's like, look, I went shopping. I got looks. I'm feeling myself anyway. I'm going to shake it off. And so she's got her outfits. And then Giselle comes in and is like, kind of nice for a second. And is like, let me help you dress. He and she keeps calling her Swamp Girl. Ugh. She's always like, not, "You Swamp that's not a Girl." Nickname. That's not a nice nickname. You could call. I mean, Ruby is cute. Just call her Ruby Swamp Girl. It's also Feels- like I'm sorry. Like for a girl from the Bayou, Ruby is very put together. She is yes. very you know prim and proper, educated. Thank you. I was like, Ruby doesn't have like alligator skin. Why are you calling her Swamp Girl? This is not a Tiger King, like, cast member. Exactly. And so now we get a makeover, and I do love a makeover in a movie. I know you love a moment, yes. It's very clueless, you know? (laughs) Um, So we get to see her in these pretty outfits, and Giselle is being nice. And then it immediately turns, and Giselle has an idea that they should basically switch places and try and confuse Bo and this nice man who's coming over to be Ruby's date. Yes, a sweet boy named Martin they've wrangled into this. And she's like, let's switch places. So, of course, they do that. But 
uh, Giselle, when playing Ruby, just insults her the entire time. And then Bo, realizing Giselle is a hot mess, is like, fine, why don't you and I, Ruby, you and I are going to go into the office and close the door and make her think something's happening. I don't think I get the plan. She can't even see us in here. That's the plan. She has no idea what we're doing in here, and Giselle has a dirty imagination. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for kissing you like that. Without asking, I mean. I pranked you. I had it coming. (laughs) What if I were to try it again? Yeah, Bo. Okay. I know. I was like, okay, you guys are into psychosexual games. As a couple, Giselle <laughs> and Bo were just really messing with each other. Yeah, when he locked the door, I was like, did Ruby consent? I um, know. I got very nervous. I got nervous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was like, okay. And then Bo and Ruby kiss. And then, like, Giselle, you know, realizes they're gone, tries to get and in the room she, yeah. they're in. Yeah, she's not in control of this fun game anymore. So now she wants the game to end. Exactly. Um, and it's like, you know it was me all along, but the spark is there between Bo and Ruby. Exactly. And then poor Martin, this other man wrangled into it. Giselle just vomits all over him and is like, night over. And I said, yeah. Martin, 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 why Martin. are you put, why are you dealing with this? You got to get home. So obviously Giselle wakes up the next day with a hangover, which I do love seeing happen to teens um, because, <laughs> you know, it hurts. It, they need to know that because sometimes when you're you hear of teens being like, I just popped right back up and it's like, well, that's not fair. But Giselle <laughs> is down for the count. Nina, who is we're learning a bit of a, not voodoo master, but she dabbles in the arts. Well, she's meant to be, you know, like a down-home black woman who knows the secrets and the potions, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. she, right, so like like, she's not like a priestess, but she knows what's up. And she brings up this woman, Mama Didi, who we definitely are like, oh, okay, she's a voodoo master. (laughs) But she makes some sort of concoction for Giselle's hangover that cures it almost too quickly, right? Immediately. She said in seconds. She goes, it'll work in seconds, and then it does work in seconds. And I said, honey, I'm going to need some voodoo. I'm going to need some voodoo in my life. Oh, it tastes like pig snot. Nina swears it works in seconds. That's crazy. Here's to voodoo. What is that? Can you put it on your face? Like, what other things can Nina and Mama Didi cook up? That's what I left that scene wondering. So Ruby takes this moment when Giselle's, like, coming out of her hangover and so kind of nice to ask her, like, hey, I heard some crying um, last night. What was that about? And then basically Giselle's like, yeah, dad's crying over his brother, my uncle, who got brain damage and is, like, in an institution. He's hospitalized. So it's like, okay, that's a real intense piece. Yeah, it's Pierre crying. It When we heard him crying through the door, I definitely thought, oh, they have a person locked inside there. Me too. Um, I thought there was like a person chained yeah. to a bed. Yes. And so I am relieved, um, but also sad for our friend Gil, that it is him crying over the mental loss of his brother. His brother right. is still living. But um, as Giselle goes on to explain, he is... Just a well-dressed sort of vacant vegetable at this point. Right, 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 right. Next we see the whole crew, and by whole crew I mean Ruby, Giselle, Bo, and Martin. Why Martin is still in the mix, I do not know. I was like, you got vomited on, Martin. Yeah, now I guess they're like, okay, this is Ruby, and now you go with Martin, right? 
I guess, but it's more like I feel like Martin just kind of is like, I need friends he, and they're cool. Yeah, he needs somebody. So, um, so he goes so to get weed. They go to get weed. Great. That is fully not what I was expecting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but now from your New Orleans story, I'm like, maybe that's a NOLA thing. They just they love don't. getting weed there. You want so these weed? rich kids are going to get Weed, and then we see what appears to be a lady of the night. A lady of the night of during the day. We see a lady of the night during, during the, the day. night. A lady of the afternoon, and <laughs> she is seducing a man, and it is Annie from the bus stop. Annie from the bus station, who says she's going to nursing school. Ruby, <laughs> me, Annie. Remember? Yes. Hi. I cannot believe I ran into you. I thought you said you were here visiting your aunt. Yeah, I work with her right over there. And now I want to be Annie even more. Like, <laughs> oh, to have this arc of like, I, oh, Ruby, I wish the best, best for you to then being a sex worker. Like, please sign me up. What, what, what sides <laughs> well, do I need to read? Well, this is the best thing because she sees, she sees Ruby, like runs over to the car and is like, hey, girl, how's your life? Yeah. <laughs> because basically Ruby told her her entire life story while they were waiting for the bus. So it was like, and so... And then, you know, Ruby's like, I thought you said you were going to go work for your aunt. And she's like, yeah, my aunt owns the brothel. Like, she's like, <laughs> no. she's like I got to go to school. And it was just so funny because it was like, because even when she was talking to Annie earlier at the bus station, I was like, why are you telling this person all your business? That's I'm when so I was happy. like, Ruby, you are not going to make it in the city because you just tell people your business. I'm so happy Annie came back. And she looked <laughs> no. great. She looked great as both in both both outfits she wore. She was having as- fun. Yes, she looked, I didn't like the man, you know, but I know that she doesn't get to pick that. Okay, (laughs) so now it is finally time for Ruby to go to school. And Giselle is her, gosh, the person they're like, she'll show you around, basically, even though it's her mean sister. I'm going to tell you something honest. Until this moment, I did not know Ruby was high school aged. I'm going to tell you until that, because again, she's like running the house, selling her wares. You know, she yeah. can get herself unchained from a bed. Like, I thought she was like 1920. So I knew that she was high school age because uh, her and Paul were like walking to school that one day. Oh my God, you're right. They walked but to then, school. But see, but I didn't know that Pierre cheated on Daphne. You know, like, that's why there's two of us. Because whatever yes. you miss, I pick up. And when I miss, you pick up. <laughs> and God. so I was very happy they were going to school. This gave me, um, this felt really a lot like Greece. Yes, Like, it's yes. the same time period. Now you're feeling the, the 50s, same, 60s energy. It's the same fashions. And it's like this kind of new goody two-shoe being <laughs> introduced to this group of girls. And Giselle's friends love Ruby. Like, they are like... They think she's cute and fun. I mean, she's nicer Giselle. And she's like, nice, who exactly. Who wouldn't want a nicer version of a friend they already have? I also, love that. <laughs> also, like, nicer Giselle with a dramatic backstory. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're nice, but you actually bring something to the table entertainment-wise. Mm-hmm. And that was beautiful. So Giselle says that they are invited to Claudine's slum- slumber party. Claudine, what a name. <laughs> and that's one of those names that like hasn't come back yet. Right, you know, right, right, <laughs> like right. a lot have. Um, Claudine, we're still waiting for it to come around. And this is when things are about to go really south for Ruby. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This slumber party, I loved the fashions. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want, I want like a 1960s little baby doll dress. They you want like so a tet, like a, yeah, like the dress, like the sleep dress that's like, what is it, like chiffon or taffeta yeah. or something? Yes. And this gave me like, brush up, brush up, brush up, like that scene from <laughs> Greece. Like it was like school Greece. And then we're at a slumber party. Oh my God, this is Greece. Mm-hmm. And the energy of the Greece slumber party is very much reflected in this one because they're like, Ruby, let's do an old timey fashion show. You go into the bathroom and change and then come out and show us what you're wearing. And she goes into the bathroom. She takes off her chiffon sleep dress. And then boys are hidden in the shower and take nude pictures of her against her will. (laughs) (laughs) This was your idea, wasn't it? Uh, Don't be such a spoil sport. It's just a goof. If it's so funny, why don't you strip down naked in front of the boys? Insane. The amount of planning, the machinations of this prank are far are far too complicated for high schoolers, okay? The fact that you could be up in here. So first what you had to do was find these two creeps, say come to this house what, two, three hours before everyone else? Stand yeah. in the shower for as you long as You have to have an ensuite. You know, <laughs> you've got to have a freaking bathroom well, that, attached. Well, that's why it was at Claudine's. She was the only one with an ensuite. <laughs> and they were like, stand in the tub. And then it was someone bring out a chest <sighs> of clothes from a mom. Then someone else suggests an old-timey fashion show. Which already I was like, old timey fashion I show. It. I I <laughs> I re- I hated this. I thought it was like so mean and evil, and it it also made me be like, I thought you girls liked Ruby. You were laughing at all her jokes and being so nice to her at the schoolyard, and and so were you pretending then? Exactly. Or are you just doing this because Giselle? Because Ruby is like Giselle. You must have been behind this, which she obviously was. But any of these girls at any time could have been like, no, we don't think that's nice to do that. And I, I mean, we went to slumber parties growing up. Did you ever see anyone do something like this? Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell you this. Right. I didn't have slumber parties when I was 16 years old. <laughs> no. yeah. You know what I mean? That. Like teen slumber parties. I'm like, what is all this? You're teen all Teen slumber parties. Teen slumber parties are just so you can sneak out of your house to go meet boys. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> if you're a mom listening to this and you have teens and they're like, can we have a sleepover? They're they're trying to go smoke cigarettes in the woods. Okay. They're not, they're not going to be playing board games and watching movies. I mean, and I will say, I, you know, Ruby, rightly so, puts on her clothes and runs and out, of here. out of okay? there. Okay, she's like, you know what, I'm done. She goes back home 
to Daddy Juma's house. And Bo is there. Like, he's decided to come by, even though it's like, Giselle's not Giselle's here. Giselle's at Claudine's. And Bo is like, they basically like have a very, what's the word? They have a very measured conversation about whether or not they should go out. Like, it's very mm-hmm. sort of practical and not particularly romantic. <laughs> but I really like you. And you really like me. And the only thing stopping us is Giselle. Ruby basically steals Giselle's boyfriend. And I know Giselle has done a lot of bad things and is not a nice girl. But do you think that Ruby is innocent or justified in stealing Bo? Absolutely. First of all, (laughs) can you steal somebody when it's for sale? Because Bo was very clearly available. He has already kissed Ruby. You saw Giselle kiss another man in front of Bo. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And Giselle's wicked. So I say justified, Timothy Oliphant style. Yeah, you're right. Okay, but what if Giselle had loved Bo? Well, then no, she's not justified. Okay, 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 okay. But you're right. You, you. Now I'm on the other side. I was getting this like on this real high horse of like, don't steal your sister's boyfriend. But if your sister's like an evil bitch who hates her boyfriend, I guess you can steal her boyfriend. You can. And, of, and you can tell, right? Because when, when Ruby gets home from her date with Bo, Giselle comes through. I understand you introduced Giselle to some special friend of yours the other day, some prostitute down in Storyville? Is that what you told them? How do you know this whore, Ruby? And Daphne is pissed. You know Daphne has an image to maintain. I know, and and she's very concerned about her messing up the name. I, I, it's just, I know it's a different time, but it's just not okay to be mad at a child for making a friend at a bus stop. <laughs> and and like, I, obviously, like, Giselle twists it and it's totally, like, out of context. But it's like, who cares? I don't I know. know. It well, just, come it, on, it, you know. I know, I know, but they pissed me off. I know. No, it's terrible. Um, well, things do not get better, actually. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, they get better for a second. Next, we see Ruby painting in a beautiful painting room. Rich people always have a place where you can paint. And I've never (laughs) had a house where you can paint. And I've had some fun houses, but never just a room for painting. And Bo presents the brilliant idea, even though his girlfriend is on very thin ice, of stripping down nude in broad daylight so Ruby can paint him like one of your French girls. Um... (laughs) And of course, Daphne gets home right at the time. Right, of course, that this is happening. But luckily, luckily, Bo is able to get his clothes on, and da, da, da. and then Daphne comes in and she's like, "Don't leave this door locked," which I actually think is a good thing for a parent to to say. You, a teen, should not be locking doors in a house. Maybe I'm a prude, but I don't know. I wasn't allowed to lock my door as a child, even though I had never had any romantic suitors. <laughs> just You can't lock your door. Something bad could happen. You could have your naked boyfriend in there and you're painting him. So I guess that's one point for Daphne. <laughs> well, I just first of all want to say I really appreciate you staying in the moment as I <laughs> removed a cat from the desk. You are present. You are obviously enveloped, engulfed in the world of Ruby. And so I hear you. I see you. But then... Oh, no. Ruby gets to school the next day, honey. 
And a whole group of folks are looking at her nude picture that those creeper boys took at the slumber party. And this felt very modern to me because uh, stuff like this did happen at my high school. Um, I'm sure stuff like this happened. No, did you go to all girls school? No, I did not. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought you did because it, it was prestigious. And I always think prestigious <laughs> schools keep the genders separated. Um <laughs> But not like my high school where they're like, ram them together and see what happens. <laughs> but stuff like this does happen. And it's always sad. And even watching this, it made me be like, oh, I, I was like a freshman when this happened to a girl that was a senior. <laughs> and I was watching oh. this. I'm like, I should have done more for her. And it's like, I was 14. There was nothing I could do. <laughs> but it is so sad. This really like bummed me out because... I don't know if you see something, say something. Isn't that what we've been taught? It's also just like, I'm also like, like, I don't know. It shows you just how many sociopaths are in that group. Because I wouldn't yeah. laugh at a picture of someone looking frightened and nude. You no, know what I mean? Like, no. I, was like I was like, it's not no. even like a sexy photograph. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is uncomfortable. And I would appreciate yeah. it if it was not around. And Ruby was right. Ruby was like, you call me the animal. Yeah. You're the animals. And I was like, yes, Ruby, you are right. And you think Cajuns are scum? You animals! And then she left school. She said, screw this. I don't need to learn anything today. I mean, hello. She's, she's, honey, she's attending the school of hard knocks. She is learning <laughs> the rough lessons up in she here. She could teach a class. <laughs> and she gets home. She's feeling bad. And surprise, surprise. Daphne found a way to make it about her. I didn't think it was possible, but somehow you have managed to disgrace the Dumas family name even further. I've disgraced the family name. Were you drunk when you let them take those pictures of you? No, this is the, no, this is the opposite reaction. Right? This is the opposite reaction. Giselle is to blame. Those boys are to blame. The one person not to blame in this situation is Ruby. I know. I know. It's crazy. So, like, you realize, okay, no, like, sh <sighs> Ruby's at wit's end. Do you know what I mean? She is, like, trying to be cool, trying to roll with it. And then Nina comes in and is like, let's go to voodoo woman Didi. Okay? Let's go to mama Didi, honey. And Ruby's like, all right, why not? Why not? She's at wit's end. So she's like, fine, we'll go. So they go into the city. They get to Mama Didi's house of voodoo. And Ruby basically just said, she's like, I just want Giselle to stop hurting me. Okay. that That's, when I heard that, I said, oh, okay, that's nice. I know. That's I was like, I was, yeah, it's like not twisted. I was like, okay. Like, she's not asking yeah. for something, you know, like, I wish she was A never born. That. Right. You know. So she's like, I want her to stop hurting me. So then Mama Didi does some voodoo. Yes, there are snakes. Okay. And then as she's leaving, Ruby's like, thank you. You know, I want to, not with attitude. She's like, thank you, Mama Didi, for helping me. And then Mama Didi literally is basically like, this on you, sis. Don't thank me. What was done here tonight was done by you, not me. If things turn out the way you want, you deserve the things. And if they don't, you deserve the blame. And I said, Mama Didi is not liable. No. She is not liable, Megan. I know, but uh, I I find Mama Didi and Nina culpable because yeah. Ruby came not with malicious intent. And then we find out, oh boy, 
Okay, so the next day at school, Ruby sees Giselle and Martin, and they're about to go for a drive. I guess Giselle is with Martin now. Martin Martin truly is just like, point me in a direction and I'll go. Martin's the weed guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, weed yeah, yeah, guys exactly. always have a friend. You're right, exactly. you're right. High school potheads, they just want to go play Frisbee golf. They don't care with who. <laughs> so they're going to go for a ride. She's like, come. And she's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Lucky for her, she did not go because it is revealed that night she walks into the parlor. Daphne is beside herself screaming, crying, and Papa Pierre says that Giselle and Martin have been in a terrible car accident. Martin is dead, and Giselle is in bad shape. And then my favorite part, you see in the background, Nina just kind of walking through the hall, and she just give a look like, mm, girl, voodoo. Now, see, Megan, that's the part I would play. See, I want to play yeah. the older black woman who's like, mm, it's that's on you, get. sis. Girl, and, you did some voodoo. And to that, I say, that's not what Ruby meant. Yeah. Ruby just wanted her to not. (laughs) Not, not spread nude photos of her around the school. Yes. Not Not get in a car accident (laughs) and kill Martin, the boyfriend. I was like, voodoo needs some checks and balances. This stuff is not. Yeah, it shouldn't be one or the other. Now, do you think Nina hates Giselle? Absolutely. (laughs) Nina from moment one was like, Giselle's a bitch. Don't listen to her. You might need some voodoo. Like, I feel like Nina was using Ruby for her own ends to like get Giselle. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I think they're culpable because it's like, oh, I don't think this is what Ruby wanted. But then as we see, Ruby visits Giselle in the hospital and she's paralyzed. Yeah. Giselle cannot walk. Nina, now you're going to have to do more for her. You know, like, I don't know if Nina... (laughs) fully thought through the ramifications of her actions. Yes. And neither did Ruby because she decides to lay this bombshell on Giselle. I thank God. I may have put a curse on you. Hard yar, what are you, a witch now? No. I went to see a voodoo priestess. Okay, I I say you should have never told her. You should have never told her. I you were like, I, I went have. to a voodoo priestess and I think that's why you went in a car accident. I think I would have. I think what? I would have I would have gone, listen, I'm so, 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 so sorry you got in a car accident. And I think what I'm about to tell you is very unrelated. But <laughs> I did go see Mama Didi and put like a soft, uh-huh, soft, soft, soft uh-huh. hex on you. Mm-hmm. But I think that's more that Martin is gone. You know, like you don't have a boyfriend was yeah. more the vibe. Not yeah. you are paralyzed and he is dead. Okay, I love also the idea of a soft hex. That's cute. <laughs> um, I put a, so- a light hex. Yeah, you know, medium hex. cycle, medium cycle. That's what I did. Um, then, okay, here is where it gets a little, well, I was say here's where it gets wild. It's been wild. But here's How where can I will there say, be any more turns? How can there? And yet I was so surprised. I was so shaken. So basically they're back in the house and Daphne asked Ruby, to go with her to the hospital to visit that uncle who, Uh you know, has been hospitalized for years due to his brain damage. Now, I'm immediately, my antenna's up because I'm like, okay, the moment Ruby tells Giselle what happened, Giselle's telling everybody. So there's no way Daphne doesn't know about a voodoo priest. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way. See, when I saw this scene, I was like, that's so nice of Daphne. (laughs) Megan. I'm just so Megan. gullible. I'm so you gullible. Are. 
You I don't are. even know how I've made it this far. <laughs> I don't either, girl. I cannot believe it. So she's literally like, so she thinks she's going to go and, you know, Ruby's like, yes, I'll see my estranged uncle with brain damage who I've never met. Like, she's excited. She's like, I love it. I've got just the look for this. <laughs> so she's giving you peacoat realness. Uh-huh. And she goes, and they go to meet like the hospital director. And was a woman. I did like that. You did okay. like that. You did like that. We have a female administrator. I said, lifetime. I love when you rewrite history. I really do. But this is what the female administrator does to Ruby. Tell me about the boys. Uh, I'm sorry, the boys? Well, I understand there was an incident. Something to do with photographs. Daphne told you about that? I wonder, Ruby, are you familiar with the words promiscuous and nymphomania? Where is Daphne? I don't want you to be scared, Ruby. The floor we've assigned you to is for temporaries only. We expect your stay here to be brief. Bait okay, and switch, is, y'all. We gotta, we, you cannot trick someone into being in a mental institution. That is messed up. This is freaking Shutter Island. This is crazy. <laughs> it is also like, it's it's also amazing, right? Because it is a time in this world, like, Ruby has no rights. The same yeah. woman who was going to be sold off to Buster can be put in a mental institution against her will using the evidence of a nude drawing. Yeah. Like she's yeah. a nymphomaniac. She's sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I was Oof. like, not good. And this not is good. where, when you said you thought during the Buster time, you were like, oh, I would never have made it in this time in history. This is the moment I knew I wouldn't make it in this time in history. You know what I'm saying? Like, my emotions are at a 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. I am coming in hot. I have a lot yeah. of opinions. They would have been like, You're put committed. her in. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Commit, committed, committed. Committed. Which is what happens to Ruby. Um, we see her in sort of maybe what's a craft room? Um, some sort of the uh, hospital common room, the playroom, yeah. if you will. Yeah, and and a mental facility. Those are always fun and full of characters. And she thinks, she, so, well, so she meets this young guy who's like yeah. full of information and chatting yeah. with her. She also thinks she ends up meeting Uncle John just because this man is quiet and in a suit. Well, because um, they said he was, because like Giselle says earlier, the best yes. dressed guy at the mental institution. Yeah. So then you see a man in a suit and she goes, best dressed guy at the institution. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know they could let you wear a suit and tie at the mental institution. Yeah, because Ruby is in a sack. Right. And <laughs> it seems like they could have let her keep her clothes if old fake Uncle John has a exactly. three-piece suit on. <laughs> it ends up not being Uncle John. But this guy who introduces her to the other characters, he has very valuable information about how to escape the mental institution, which is, surprisingly, very easy. But you could forget about escaping from the common room. If you're serious, though... There is one way out. Surprisingly. It was why like, he, wow. Why doesn't he leave? Thank like, you. <laughs> yeah, he just like, go through this door, climb on this box, and then open the window. And she's out. 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 What I love though, Ruby escapes the hospital. She goes home. She walks in, honey. She's in her institution sack covered <laughs> in dirt. She walks right in the middle of Daphne's midday tea party and embarrasses her. Good afternoon, ladies. What do you think of my new dress? Daphne picked it out special for me. Oh, forgive me. I mean, mother. 
Mm-hmm. I love it. Especially when she calls Daphne into the office. Into Daphne's office. I love it. And Feet after she up on the desk. <laughs> Feet on the desk. I said, Ruby, don't give up. Right. You know what I'm saying? I really think we ought to discuss that little trick you pulled on me. I did what I did to protect this family, and I would do it again. You did what you did to get rid of me. She don't give up. She has nothing to lose anymore. Dad enters, and more secrets are revealed. Jean was the golden child in my father's eyes, and I i was the disappointment. I deliberately released the jib of that sailboat. It struck his head, and... Jealousy is still the cause of all our family's troubles, and it stops today. Okay, what? Dad is a murderer? I mean, you kept saying you thought there could be no more turns. Not really murderer, but an assaulter who permanently damaged his brother's brain. Not good. Not good. My point being, you think you know these people, and in the final minutes, you still do not. Okay, Mm. so then as dad and Ruby are watching Giselle sleep, dad is like, I'm thinking of sending her to a boarding school where it'll be better for her, you know, easier for her Mm -hmm. to move around. Will Mm -hmm. you go with her, Ruby? Mm -hmm. And now this gave me wicked vibes. Uh Uh-huh. You know, Mm -hmm. we're sending your sister in a wheelchair to this school. Can you please go and watch over her? Yes. Um, A lot of different vibes in this film, which I appreciate. Um, and, And Ruby says yes, right? She's like, yeah, like, but she's like, are you sure she'll want me to go? And then it's like, I think she'll need you. And Ruby's like, okay. Mm. And I said, Ruby, girl, you have voodooed her into that wheelchair. (laughs) You are the last person she need to be hanging out with. I know, but Ruby doesn't have any friends at school. Who's she going to hang out with, Claudine? (laughs) No. Okay, fair. So you're saying that she'll go to the boarding school because she doesn't really have anyone else to hang out with. Maybe, but okay. it, it is sad for her to be reunited with her dad and then immediately shipped off to a boarding school. Exactly. That's why I'm like, don't go. You just got here and this house is, the house is going to be so awesome once Giselle's gone. Yeah. It could just be you and Nina making cakes all day. You and Nina making cakes, Daphne crying in a corner, and then dad (laughs) taking you on trips. (laughs) That sounds awesome. This is the life you deserve. But she's like, I'm going to go. And then she goes downstairs. And who is in the foyer but Paul Tate? No, get out of here. The brother boyfriend. The brother boyfriend she kicked to the curb. You're still the only girl I'll ever love, Ruby. Well, you'll have to get over that. Like, Paul, you've had all this time. <laughs> you gotta move on. You have to move on. For your sake, you have to move on. It is wild. But I think the wildest part is when Ruby realizes, oh, Giselle hasn't met you yet. Her brother. And she, like, has a delightful time running Paul up to Giselle's room. Now, can we all remember, Giselle is newly paralyzed. She is currently asleep. And she don't know Paul. Can you imagine? Giselle, guess who's coming to dinner tonight? Your long-lost brother from the bayou. What? The music around it, the whole vibe of it was real, like, end of a comedy film. Yes, like, it was, she was very like, parent trap. Hey, Giselle, this is Paul. Like, it, it could have been, like, the curb music playing over it. Like, it was <laughs> real curb so enthusiasm, yes. Funny. Yes. 
It was whoo child. This movie gave me a lot to work with. And what's so nice is you're left hanging, wondering what is going, and there's three films left in this series. Y'all, this is a series. The first, and I'm telling you, they don't set up a lot. And if you have not seen the sequel, Pearl in the Mist, it premiered last weekend, so get on it. Because obviously we have a lot to unpack with these two sisters. And then there's a third film, All That Glitters. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, gonna yeah. be that's gonna be a love and like maybe extravagant balls one, fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, and that comes out on March 27th. And then the fourth and final hidden jewel. Wow. Ruby that. is a jewel, so maybe that's a play on that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that that is out on March 28th and I don't want to miss them, and you certainly do not want to either. Absolutely not. You've got two nights planned for you. You're welcome. Now, sometimes, Megan and I, we like to say, who's the real hero? Who's the real villain? I think with this one, honestly, pretty obvious. However, however, here's what I'm thinking. Megan, what do you think is going to be in these next installments? I mean, there is so much to cover. Um, Boarding school? Them finding love. I hope them having some friendship. Like Giselle was mean and Ruby did put a voodoo hex on her that left her paralyzed. <laughs> but I'm hoping I'm hoping they can break bread, you know? Well, it's also like, okay, Paul's come back, but she about to go to boarding school. And then where's Bo in the mix? And I'm sort of like, I feel like the next one. She's going to have like a long distance relationship with both. Ruby is going to be juggling both Paul and Bo via romantic letters. And then it was no, some she po- cannot be with Paul. Paul. Paul is gone. Paul is done. But he's still obsessed with her. He it, it's not OK. It's not. I, I was about to be like he can date Giselle, but I forgot that's also his sister. No. <laughs> Remember, Paul, this we need- is. V.C. Andrews. Okay, well then what I would like to do is get a GoFundMe started for Paul to visit Annie and then and then just go, oh, okay, there's a whole other world of women out there. Yeah. I don't have to be with my own sister. Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. You're right. Maybe then the third movie, it'll we'll see Paul find a woman who's not his sister to fall in love with. Yeah, and Paul and can, Annie is good. You were joking, but I'm like, now that's a spinoff. That's a spinoff. And all we need, all we need is to touch in with Paul. The yeah, less yeah, yeah. Paul, the better for me yeah. personally. Well, I would love to see Grandpere get his comeuppance. Yeah, Grandpere. Well, do you know if he's alive? <laughs> I think he's a, as far as we know, he's alive. Because remember, okay. Paul was like, "How'd you? Oh, you know, she pissed. goes, "How'd you find yeah. me?" And he goes, "I gave, I gave your grandpa some whiskey." It's like. He's still alive okay. and he's take he'll give you anything he's, for a bottle yeah, of whiskey. He's still up so, to his old tricks. He's around and I'm like, okay, that's what we have coming up. So I cannot wait to watch the rest of these. There is so much to cover. And now though, now, Megan, it pops off because we are blessed. We are touched. We are lucky enough to talk to Daphne Dumas herself, actress Laura Lee. Bell, honey. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. We are now joined by Laura Lee Bell, who plays Daphne, the evil stepmother. I mean, (laughs) kind of a a soft evil. (laughs) How exciting is it to play a quote unquote evil stepmother? Well, I mean, when I saw the part, I, I couldn't believe it because usually I've been I've been sweet Christine or Cricket yes. on the end of the restless for so long. Yes. And everyone would say, like, who would you want to trade places with? And I was just like, oh, just anyone bad. <laughs> um, because, because, just, and just say any, so when I saw the line in in the movie where I had to say, if you don't have anything bad to say, then don't say anything at all. I was like oh, this is like, you know, I have to like pack my bags and go to Canada and leave my family. But if, if they all, you know, if it's a done deal, I'm, I'm on board. So it was, it was, I mean, it was just from the get go. It was such a great read and such a, everything about it was exciting. Daphne is the number one character I would want to play. Like uh, when, yeah. when we met Annie, the woman who works at a brothel, um, I was like, oh, okay, I like her. And then when we met you, Daphne, I was like, oh, no, I want to be Daphne. Like, oh, you, my gosh. Even the name, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Wiping yeah. your hand after you shake someone's hand is just chef's kiss. It's so good. I mean, you, you have to know right now, Laura Lee, honey, I grew up on Young and the Restless. My grandmother taught me Young and the Restless before she... She taught me to read. So to be sitting here. <laughs> you with- were dancing to Nadia's themes. <laughs> yes. So it's it's funny because I'm like, I'm like, cricket took a turn, honey. You really <laughs> took this turn. I mean, but at the same time, both, you know, soaps and VC Andrews is all drama. Like it's all yeah. drama all the time. Now, Megan and I were talking, you know, about this movie, and we when we were watching it, we thought. We cannot live in this time period. Like, no. I would not have made it in the 60s, honey. I am too mouthy. I have attitude and emotions. Do you think you could have made it? Like, back in, like, 1960? Well, like, first of all, I wear I wear blue jeans every day. So <laughs> that's one thing. Um, I, I just, yeah, I could. I don't think I could get up and dress like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's glamorous to think that you could, but I'm like you. I, you know, I'm very business-minded. I like to get up. I have my post-its. And um, so, no, I don't think nothing like I'm just not, a, you know, I, I obviously am well mannered, but <laughs> I don't think I'm I don't think I'm proper. Uh-huh. No, you're, you're not like speak when spoken to with your husband. Right. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That would be I a like, real deal breaker for me. <laughs> like I would want to still watch like, you know. The Bachelor and mm-hmm. game shows and stuff. So I couldn't sit and have afternoon tea. No. <laughs> um, but. For, you know, a day. Yeah, I like little sandwiches, but I also want to talk and say whatever the hell I want to say. Right, (laughs) right. Right. And the little sandwiches kind of aren't worth that. (laughs) No, they really, it's not. Yeah. I mean, do you see more morphing in your future? Is your goal, are you coming into (laughs) 2021, 2022, keeping them guessing, Laura Lee? Well, so here's the deal. Like, you know, 
it was before the pandemic, yeah. but I think the pandemic enhanced it a little bit. I've told my parent, my parents, I've told my te- my teenagers. <laughs> I think this scared them. I said, "Hey, in my fifties, I'm getting crazy." <laughs> and like, um, because no experiences just sound wonderful. Life is short. And, yeah, yeah, life is short. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just watching the movie, I was like, New Orleans. Oh my I know, god! I kept writing down, "I'm right? going to go to New Orleans." <laughs> I know. I let's all meet there. Yeah, we'll oh, have some cocktails. Okay, wow, wow. Yay. Okay, this Laura Lee, you didn't realize this podcast is legally binding. So, as a result of you saying that, in spring of 2022, we will meet for cocktails oh. in the French Quarter. Okay, yeah, fam- that's so great. And you know, the girls, my girls, mm-hmm. um, Ruby and Giselle. Um, they want to all get together when we can as a, you know, we need to like meet in the States and just get crazy. We would love that to meet be- them. <laughs> oh my so gosh. Good. Wait, can we get Gil? How is Gil Bellows? Because we have childhood crushes on Gil. Gosh. So from Ally <laughs> McBeal, yes, right? Yes, yes, Well, that was mine too. <laughs> so, great. so it was really, it was really fun. I wow. mean, okay, good. the, the I mean, we didn't have romantic scenes or yeah, anything yeah, yeah. else. Um, and I think the same thing. He kind of kept, I, I would come out of hair and makeup and he'd be like, but um, he, but he is great. Okay, we had good. some, some really good, you would be, you know, you, sometimes when you meet people, you're like, oh, yeah. no, he's a, mm, good. he's a. That's what I want yeah. to know. That's what I, I to followed know. him yeah. on Instagram and I'm waiting for the follow back. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, here, so here's what I know. Here's what I know. He's hardly ever, ever on it. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Um, Naomi, before we let Laura Lee go, I do have a line I'd want to pitch to her that she could have said to Ruby. That okay. just came to me. That okay. just came to me. I'm ready. I'm ready for um, it. Get your dirty swamp hands off me. <laughs> 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 okay, that's you better not have even tried to put them on me. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's it. Don't but she did. <laughs> she did. No, she and did. I only, I only shook her hand because. Because Gil Bellows told me I had exactly. Well, you did it to be nice in front of Gil Bellows. Meet my daughter Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Laura Lee, thank you so much for talking to us. You are a queen. Oh my gosh, that was so easy and so great. Thanks, you guys. Okay, Megan, was Laura Lee not a dream? Uh, a true dream. Where does Lifetime find all these kind beauties to be in their films? It makes me be like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I know. I was I like, we got to be nicer. We got to be softer. We got to be nicer. We got to be softer. Gotta be hotter. It's like really a lot. I don't, I, both of those feel out of my control at this point. <laughs> Was there anything you felt like you took away from Ruby? You know, any lessons learned? Anything that you feel like you're going to keep that in your memory bank? I know we've said this a lot, but I really miss traveling. (laughs) I'd love to go to New Orleans. I'd love to eat a beignet. I really can't wait to go there. And also... Gosh, um, as a as a gal who loved her grandmother's grandmas, no best. And I do think we should listen to them and heed their advice whenever we can. What about you? Well, I'm going to tell you something I learned, honey. Don't mess with voodoo. Don't mess mm, with voodoo. There is no wow. need for it. OK, the price you pay will Ooh. always be too high. It is always yeah. too high of a price, honey. You can't just go somewhere. Let somebody say some words you don't know. And then reach into a box of snakes and think everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Unless you really, really hate the person. (laughs) (laughs) 
okay, if you really hate them and then whatever happens cannot be traced back to you, then yes. Yes. Then yes, yes. I'll allow it. Okay. Oh my God. I, you guys, I got to come down from Ruby. I hope you're coming down too. And also ready to watch the entire series. Now, while you're watching the entire series, you also want to tee up next week's movie, y'all. We are watching Tempted by Danger, which what? is about, yes, yes. It's about an attorney who starts a new relationship with an executive who becomes increasingly obsessed with her. Yes. Well, that doesn't sound like it's going to end poorly. <laughs> you guys, you can watch this movie on LifetimeMovieClub.com. You can also check it out on places like Amazon and iTunes, too. And we'll see you next week. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN, because it just might be the movie we talk about next. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder. With Chris Boniello as sound mixer. Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. Us. 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 I mean, you you should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host. Okay? <laughs> I. It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits.